Welcome to another episode of Capital Roots, brought to you by Capital Farm Credit, where we bring you the experts in the ag industry. Host over 225 hunts a year, taking over a thousand kids on their first hunting experience. In addition to a few Texas legends along the way, we're your hosts, Joe Patronella and Clint Cryer. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to our roots. Welcome back to another episode of Capital Roots. Today, we have David Brimager, the Chief Operating Officer of Texas Wildlife Association. David, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Glad to. Uh, Before we dive right in, kind of give us a little background on TWA and your position and how you got there and all things that. Well, you know, TWA was formed in 1985 as a uh, conservation and landowner, private lands advocacy uh, program. So uh, as a membership-based organization, um, we kind of formed ourselves to work on these private property rights issues across the state of Texas and uh, decided to add membership to it as a component uh, to promote who we are and what we do. So as from there, we've we've continued to grow and grow and, and focus on you know, adding education uh, to our to our program, hunting heritage programs, um, and then our advocacy work that we do on behalf of hunters and private landowners. So, you know, we started from from one member in 1985 to today. We've got around 7,000 members that will, you know, own or control probably 40 million acres of Texas. So, wow. our members got a control of about a third of the state in a sense. So, I think we're finally up to having one member in each county of Texas, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. That is cool. So if we talk, if we think about your members, who are your members? It's a good, you know, that's a, it's a kind of across the board deal, you know, um, being Texas Wildlife Association where, you know, we're kind of cover all things, you know, wild things and wild places of Texas. So we're not just species focused to turkey or deer or fish. So um, we kind of try to cover the gamut. So we have, you know, average everyday people that like to enjoy the outdoors and camp, hunt, fish, um, enjoy bird watching or anything to, um, to, you know, large acreage ranchers and landowners across the state. Yep. Yep. So do I have to be a landowner to be a member of TWA? Absolutely not. No, we've got members all across the board. So, and and there's a level, you know, multiple levels of membership. So you've got, you know, an an array of ways to get involved, Uh, not just to be a member, uh, but to also, you know, if you want to get more active and volunteer uh, at a program or something, we can, you know, definitely make that go. So, but memberships, you know, go from just having an online membership uh, to, you know, our life membership. So there's probably six or seven levels within you can, that way you can get involved. I think it's so important. You mentioned conservation legacy, and I think it's something a lot of organizations have that as a component, but y'all's name might not necessarily make that aware. So can we talk about that some more? Because that's such an important element of agriculture and what y'all do. Yeah, you know, we've got uh, kind of the way we we talk about TWA or, you know, kind of like my elevator speech to people is, you know, kind of like a three-legged stool of, of conservation. So our advocacy and, and issues uh, work that we do on behalf of private landowner and hunter rights at the Capitol here in, in Texas, uh, conservation education or our conservation legacy programs would be our second leg of, of that stool and then our hunting heritage being the third. But yeah, conservation legacy is kind of our all-encompassing education department. Okay. So we have uh, four staff, full-time staff in our office in New Braunfels. Um, across the state of Texas, we'll have another uh, 10 um, contract educators 
all across the state, based in different towns from Dallas to Austin to Houston, uh, south into the valley, up to the to the northwest as well. That will take our message and go out and educate uh, kids in schools. So you know, with within our programs, we've got you know a plethora of educational programs under that umbrella. You know, we're reaching six hundred to seven hundred thousand youth and adults directly each and every year wow. through these programs. So you know, whether that's from uh, our K through eight school teaks aligned um, programs that we that we you know give teachers to be able to do their to do their um, education uh, we'll reach you know 20,000 kids just on our on demand webinars uh, you can go to our website and there's on demand webinars on all kinds of topics that you can use and watch um, to our discovery trunks you know it's it's an interesting deal we've got you know a uh, hundred discovery trunks that we keep at the office and they ship out almost every day to teachers uh, with lessons and resources related to natural resource education in Texas. And, you know, I think our last number this past year was over a hundred thousand kids were impacted by, um, you know, using those education trunks. Uh, you know, another neat program of our conservation legacy is our women of the land um, kind of works to get women outdoors and those women that do ranch that want to get more involved in some of the activities that are going on across the state of Texas. We've got a, a great program to get uh, more women involved. And then this last year, we launched a, a unique a program called Family Expeditions, where we're trying to kind of our non-consumptive uh, program related to, you know, like our Texas Youth Hunting Program gets kids out hunting. So the uh, the basis of our family expeditions is to get, you know, families outdoors, whether it's just camping or learning how to, you know, build a campfire or learn how to fish or just they just want to get outdoors for two or three days and just see nature. So it's a... Uh, Some of my fondest memories growing up were when my whole family was outdoors. And I think so many kids aren't afforded that opportunity. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, I agree. It, it's home pretty close home to home for me. Uh, my wife, she's an assistant principal at an elementary there in Lubbock. And, you know, obviously agriculture and hunting, if you took our, those two passions away from us, there might not be a whole lot left. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to talk to you offline maybe about some of the TEKS approved programs that she might could might could help them and provide yeah. value there in Lubbock. On Absolutely. The, um, Absolutely. That heritage. You bet. That's so much more than I was expecting. I, and that's not to say that I – didn't think there'd be a lot, but that's that's huge. Yeah, that's just that's just one. I mean, there's more programs tied to conservation legacy. I just kind of wanted to talk about a little of them, but you know, it's a it's it's a it's a hard elevator speech to give someone. You know, it's you know, who are you and what you what do you do? And you know, it's it's how uh, long do you have? Basically, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you know, I try to do things like that. You know, if Clint comes to me and he's like, hey, you know, my wife's a teacher or this kind of that, um, we get. You know, I would kind of probably. Um, focus on that with you. Or if you kept saying, I, my children love to get out and hunt, you know, maybe, hey, we got a youth hunting program, that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, kind of try to go that way. So you've mentioned Texas Youth Hunting Program a couple of times. Let's talk about that. Yeah, you know, kind of like the second leg of our stool being our hunting heritage programs. We've got uh, three in-house, our, our Texas Youth Hunting Program. Um, you know, it's it's been going on as, as kind of the premier um, youth hunting program in the United States. Um, I think it's followed probably more by any other states, our program than, than what, than what, what's out there. So, you know, we'll have, we'll host over 225 hunts a year, uh, throughout the year, taking over a thousand kids on their first hunting experience. And that includes a parent 
So it's, you know, it's a very unique opportunity to see um, these kids and, and a parent or a guardian kind of get out for the first time and, and, and experience the outdoors. You know, yeah. they, that's, for a lot of them, it's their first ever time to step foot off concrete. Um, you know, so uh, first time to see stars, first time to see animals. It's a, it's a very uh, rewarding program. It's, you know, we have landowner liability insurance for the landowners. Um, our ranchers and our members are so gracious to open their gates and we have trained certified what are called hunt masters that get out and um, take everyone on these hunts and you know from from their arrival to their departure there's always an education component to it Um, got their safety orange on and they're out there you know hunting all kinds of game species and it's a it's a great way to um, to get them outdoors and and it helps a lot of our Texas landowners who need to to take some animals off the land to keep their carrying capacities in check um, to uh, to use that program for that. So it's a it's an exciting thing, and um, you know we've got we couldn't thank you know everyone enough out there for supporting it. So um, that's kind of the youth side of it. Yep. So my my first exposure to TWA was actually with the Texas Youth Hunting Program really? uh, back in college. And I'm just going to say it was a few more years than Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, had a couple of buddies that were involved as guides uh, for the youth hunts. I think there was only one up in that area at the Tongue River Ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about an hour and a half east of Lubbock there, but okay. served as a guide on a couple of hunts. You know, I I, that was neat. Probably made the choice to be involved for the wrong, maybe for the wrong reason, just because I liked hunting. Right. They, they said, Hey, we got a lot of, we've got a bunch of doe tags. The landowner really wants to take care of those, but pretty good experience. I think back to a kid I got to, to guide and he obviously didn't get to hunt much. And had, his dad had bought him a new rifle before he showed up to the hunt. And uh, I got to guide him the first morning. We sat on this big river bottom, beautiful setting. Didn't have any deer traffic or anything. So I didn't get to shoot anything else. And I asked the kid, you know, uh, you mean to, you mean to, try to call you up a coyote and he's like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so you know i hadn't blown my coyote call you know three or four times before this from from behind us the mangiest looking coyote (laughs) (laughs) call him into like 15 yards so this kid has his new rifle and obviously he'd been watching hunting shows you know preparing yeah 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 Yeah, and he you know he he had his new rifle and he'd, he'd heard guys talk about how accurate and how good their rifles shot so I'll never forget this. This cow looks at us for like what seemed like five minutes to me. So he had plenty of time to get on him. He gets on him. He shoots him like 15 or 20 yards. And the first thing out of his mouth, he's like, dad, this, ac- this rifle is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> From that distance. Yeah. 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 So we had a, we had a, we, we, uh, he's asking him, you know, you want to take the, you want to take that cow back to camp? Show all your buddies. He's like, heck yeah. So I'll never forget having to carry this mangy cow. Back uh, yeah. But it was the coolest experience getting to see this kid that was so proud of his, his mangy cow. Yeah, that was a absolutely. trophy kill for him. Yeah, probably I mean, so. It was. It yeah. was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it's and then you know you got that youth hunting aspect uh, of, of the program. Um, you know, kind of the the second part of hunting heritage is our Texas Big Game Awards. It's a partnership, and both TYHP, the youth hunting program, and the Texas Big Game Awards is a partnership with Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. So it's a great co partnership branding um, for both of us and. The Texas Big Game Awards was was formed in 1991 as the official hunting program of Texas. So it's a hunter and landowner-based recognition program, Okay. Uh, free of charge uh, to enter. We've got over 1,000 volunteer scores across the state. You just go to, you know, go to our website or the Texas Big Game, Google Texas Big Game Awards, 
it'll take you to the website, and from there you can you can, you know if you feel like you harvested a qualifying you know, white tail deer, mule deer, pronghorn antelope, javelina in Texas, you know buck or doe, um, you can print off the form, fill it out, mail it in, and then we have uh, awards banquets uh, throughout the summer to recognize these hunters and these landowners. Uh, for doing something good for hunting in Texas and promoting this three point you know six billion dollar a year industry that we have here in Texas, um, you said billion, billion with a B. There we go. Yes, That's sir. what I was. Yeah, like, yep. yeah. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of you know, it's a a community based driven. You know, a lot of these communities across Texas wouldn't able to be able to survive without hunters mm-hmm. and hunting. And um, you know, it, it's great to to um, to recognize and provide a certificate of recognition to these whether they're. You know, we have a first harvest category for, for people who harvest their first lifetime big game animal in Texas. So I've given awards over the past 20-something years to either a 98-year-old or an 8-year-old, and they both, you know, will have the biggest grin on their face and are so excited I'm to sure. be recognized for, for harvest, harvesting an animal and, uh, you know, doing something good for us. Same, you know, goes for the landowner. So um, it's a great program. Are you these know, regional awards or is it They are. It's, it's a great question. It's okay. regionally based. So... Um, each region has certain criteria, uh, and then, you know, once you kind of mail that form in, we'll have three awards banquets, um, held across the state. I think this year it's in, uh, they're both in, there's three of them in June and May, May and June. So Abilene and Fredericksburg and here in Bryan College Station. So, uh, and then we'll culminate that at the TWA state convention in July with the best of the best harvested in Texas will receive a special award there. Okay. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a great way to be recognized and a, and a great way you know and to sh- you know show off your harvest and all the good work that hunters and landowners are doing out there. Yeah. While we're on regions, okay. So I know my area well, right? And I I love the other areas of Texas, but I I, I don't know much about them, and and I feel like you probably have a very good lay of the land regionally mm-hmm. hunting and otherwise maybe so. Sure. Um. I guess my my question can go in many different ways, but what is I guess membership wise, where do y'all have the strongest base? But then also, where do you find that like your biggest buck is? Is it South Texas bucks? Is it Fredericksburg? Like, clear this up for me. Yeah, you hear it, it from so many different people that are probably just based in where sure, they are. Sure, sure. You know, yeah, you know, talk, you know looking at our membership, it, you, you could probably look at that as as a as a more you know. There's probably a big, if you were to put it all on a map, a heat map, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, kind of, you know, because a lot of these uh, landowners may not live on the live ranch. Live there and then go Yeah, go to sure. their ranch. Um, but, you know, if you look, you could go across the board on you know, different, how many members we would have in, in each region. But, no, you know, when, the, when, when hunting, you know, the promotion of it and the popularity of trophy hunting, in a sense, um, kicked off in the late 80s. Know, early 90s you know you were seeing most of your bigger trophy whitetails and that kind of deal coming from south texas but now with the you know as as habitat management and wildlife management and intensive management and combining that with you know working with your livestock program and your hunting program now the entire state is just There's producing everywhere. great oh yes sir yeah okay. it's a um it's unique to see you know the big the big deer coming from far east Texas or literally just south of here to the northernest part of the Panhandle. Um, so it's a uh, it's it's great to see people out there because you know as you're managing for quality big game animals, you're also 
doing good things for all wild species on the ranch. So all the wildlife benefit from good conservation. What a wonderful answer. Yeah. Yep. It's interesting that you say that. We recently had the, the opportunity to visit with a, a guy that does a lot of water and pond management. Mm -hmm. He grows big bass. Right. And it was interesting to hear from him and their shock surveys have actually shocked fish in the ponds that he manages that would be new state record bass, which right. I think the state record bass, if I remember right, it's like 18 pounds, 18. 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, big he, fish. Had, he, he had a 19 plus pounder. Wow. Which I think that goes back to show you what, you know, conservation efforts and intentional efforts yeah. of management can do. Right. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Um, you know, and kind of going back to the, to the whole hunting aspect of it, uh, hunting heritage aspect of TWA, you know, about four years ago or so, we, we started seeing, um, we were hosting some kind of what we call hunt to table events. You know, people, as we, as we get into the um, more of the uh, pasture to plate, field to fork movement, you know, everybody wanting to know where their food comes from. Um, we've you know, started hosting some events like that that sell out immediately. And we started seeing more and more people interested in wanting to know where their food comes from, you know, har harvesting, eating, and enjoying wild game, but learning how to do it. Mm -hmm. So we created an adult learn to hunt program. And it has just taken off. I think this year alone, we had over 300 applicants apply to go on the hunt and learn how to, um, how to get out and, and see what it is to, to get, you know, to get some quality, uh, protein on the table. And we, we had, we've hosted uh, 20 hunts this year. We've taken over a hundred, uh, new adults hunting and, uh, it's a very unique opportunity, uh, at least for me as I've guided both, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's great to see adults, you know, you'll get them out there. We teach them how firearm safety, you know, coming in, they'll have to have hunter education and all that kind of fun stuff, but you know, you'll get them out there and they're raring to go. And, and, um, you know, we can try to help them with some gear if they need some gear, but you know, sometimes they, they just want to sit and watch and, and they may, may be like, Hey, you know, we need to harvest that dough. And they'll say, I, I just can't do it. And that's fine. You know, yep. it's so cool. Yeah. It's fine. You, yep. you know, when yep. you're ready, you're ready. Yep. And then the next day they may say, I'm, I'm ready. And then, yep. you know, we teach them how to properly um, take care of that animal and, um, you know, get it home and, 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 and then provide them with recipes and then teach them recipes and cook some wild game for them and uh, show them how simple it is and the different techniques of, that you can do with the different cuts of meat. So um, that program, I think, is just going to go through the roof. Oh yeah. Absolutely. We talk a lot about the urban and rural divide and trying to get individuals to understand where their food comes from and right. getting everybody on a, if not the same page, a more centered page. And mm -hmm. I think that's a genius idea and, a, and could be a key way to do that. Yes. Just showing them that this is how that is done. And, and so that hats off. Yeah, you're starting to see more and more chefs around, around the state having these kind of passionate plates, you know, I think of Jesse Griffiths in, in Austin with his Daidui restaurant and mm -hmm. some of the non-traditional cookery stuff that he's doing, teaching people to, uh, using wild game as a, as a template to, uh, yeah. to yep. get people out and, and once the they figure it out, enjoy it. Popularity of meat eater. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, we had, you know, we try to, it's like, you, you bring up a great point, you know, at our state convention, we have a great keynote speaker every year and two years ago or last year we had, uh, Stephen Ranella with meat eater come and, and man, that thing's sold out in, in no time. And, and he just had a really good message, um, you know, about, about all that. So yep. it was great to see him and listen to his message. So talking about your convention, you've got a pretty unique name there. Let's talk about your convention, what you do there and when that is. 
Yeah, each July, um, third full weekend of July in San Antonio at the you know, JW Marriott Hill Country Resort and Spa, we have a our annual fundraiser. And um, it's kind of a, a three-day action-packed um, set of events with where all of our members and non-members are invited to come and attend. Um, great hotel rate. The hotel has a giant, you know, lazy river and watch it's got the largest water park in the united states for a for a hotel property um we'll have about 1500 uh, of our members the family and friends and what's great about ours is it's multi-generational so you're seeing members that uh that were in landowners that were you know really involved in the 90s and early 2000s now their children are, are you know That's taken neat. over and That's they're really coming cool. with their children um so yeah we'll have you know we'll kick off the day with um, a big trade show over a hundred unique vendors that'll that'll be on display, uh, promoting everything across the board with uh, natural resources. Uh, a private land summit that'll focus on, you know, a unique topic for the year, whether it be, you know, border issues or carbon credits or, you know, that kind of deal. Um, two great auctions, a big live auction that features some of the most exclusive, you know, access to hunting and landowners and ranches across the state to a you know, giant online silent auction. Our our board meets during then. Our committees meet. Uh, a great social event for all the families at night. So it's just a great way to to gather everybody together and have a big fundraiser and, and raise a lot of money for um for our mission. For good cause. Yeah. Really cool. The place is outstanding too. You ever had the breakfast at the JW Marriott? I don't know that I have. <laughs> I would probably remember. I love to eat. So. TWA convention and wildlife, as they call it, is yeah. you know outstanding in itself. But to have it at the JW Marriott and just to get the to eat the breakfast there, it's pretty dang good. <laughs> I heard a lot of other great things, but Clint's focused yeah. on the breakfast. Yeah, he's so, focused on the yeah. You know, yeah, they've got some pretty good restaurants. I'd focus on the content, <laughs> right? Yeah, no. and two great golf courses. Yeah, you know, for those that's that wanna, right. Yeah, that's for right. those that want to tee it up. So, so I've heard you you guys sell a pretty unique item at the auction there. As in which one? You, I don't know. You you tell me. I've heard about this too, but I've never been. So Clint, tell me about it. Which one do you like? The, the jacket. Most? The jacket. Everybody knows about the jacket. Oh yeah. Well, that just kind of uh, that just kind of came up four or five years ago. Larry Wisehoon, everyone knows, is Mister Whitetail. He's been around forever. He's one of our co-founders of TWA. Okay. Um, I kind of enjoy wearing um, flamboyant sports coats. Okay. So um, hey, gets attention. Yeah. Gets you know. There, well, like you know. Yeah. I like a little style and. Uh, He's a so, benchmark of sorts. <laughs> so he, he he leans over the to me. The effect. Yeah, exactly. I guess. So we're getting down to like the last auction item of the night. You know, we usually have 40 or 50 live auction items. And he walks wow. over to me and goes, how about we auction off that jacket? And I go, no, I just bought this jacket like <laughs> two weeks ago. Off and, my uh, dead cold yeah, body. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, dude, you do so much for the association. Let's do it and see what it, and uh, he takes it off. Hey, we're going to auction off David's jacket. And I thought, oh man, this is terrible. And he goes, who wants it? You know, somebody's like, I'll give a hundred bucks. And I thought, just auction it off and let's go. I'm ready to <laughs> totally embarrassed now. And then all of a sudden it like takes off and it raises like a thousand dollars. Right. Wow. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, so, you know, the next year rolls around. I think we, this would be year five this last year. And I think, uh, uh, it's going to be kind of make it the last item of the night. And this year's this past July's jacket was, you know, pushing $5,000 for a, wow. as a, yeah, to, uh, in support of our mission. So now I'm like, geez, now I've got to really do a, now I have a to search. Find a great jacket. And I gotta, yeah. Yeah. And I don't get to keep it. Right. But it goes to a good cause. I can always buy, How I do can you always buy two. That's exactly right. You know, I got a special place. I just, special yeah. You can't give away yeah. secrets. Then, <laughs> no. then, no. then the Brimager effect is done. Yeah. Yeah. Just let so, him do his thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep, I yep. hear you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a pretty funny deal. So, whoever buys it wears it around the rest of the night and the next day, and then they're, I don't know what they do with it from there. So, <laughs> <laughs> probably ship it but back. But turned in. Yeah, yeah, but it's turned in a pretty funny deal. So, one thing I'd like to touch on too uh, is the demand. For, you mentioned the demand for you guys' events for the. I nearly said farm to fork. No one the farm to fork, but yeah, the, the field to hunt to table, field hunt to table yeah. events. Yep. Yeah, our hunt to table events. Yep. But also, you guys hunts, youth hunts. All of your events are pretty in, in pretty high demand. I'd I'd be remiss if I didn't ask for a buddy that lives down in Hondo. He's looking for the to crack the secret of how to mm-hmm. get drawn. Yeah, I think I know that buddy. Okay, um, but you know, it, I think what's great about uh, our programs is we try to focus on getting first timers out first, and um, so with the kids, it's kind of the first time. You know, it's an application process. You you pick three different deals. You get drawn, and once you get drawn, you know you can, uh, you know, keep coming back year after year and putting your name in the hat. Uh, the adult learn to hunt program is a little more unique. We've kind of starting to turn that into a, a level kind of deal. So you kind of start off, you know, hunting from a blind, uh, short distances, and then <clears throat> maybe a few years down the road as you get more involved and engaged and learn more, um, we maybe advance you to a a harder spot and stalk kind of, you know, mountain type of hunting for Aldad or, or whatever it may be. Um, I think what's great about our, our programs is we've kind of, we got a, a new staff uh, area where we've got an engagement event section. And one of our, our longtime staffers, Kristen Parma, she heads that up. And um, she's really taken off in doing engagement events across the state. So we're really trying to get out there now and have, 20, 30, 40, you know, membership mixers don't have to be anything easy. Um, you know, whether it's in Midland or Lubbock or, or Lufkin or all across the board, you know, have our members just want to get together, have fun, talk, and, um, you know, have a cold shiner and, and visit about things and enjoy them. And, but it could go from there. You know, we've got um, hunt-to-table events lined up where people can attend and learn how to, uh, you know, do some of that stuff. Uh, wild game cooking classes. Um, learning how to, to take wild game and sign up for those kind of classes where she's starting to expand out on those across the state. So it's a unique opportunity for people to get involved and, and learn more about us. Hey man, you know, bring a non-member, come out, hang out, yeah. you know, have some hors d'oeuvres, learn about who we are, what we do. And if you're interested, join while you're there. So, um, like I said, we, you know, multiple levels of membership. Um, <clears throat> we kind of base everything off of, you know, we're not one of those associations that you, you join and, and, you know, we don't have like, okay, you get, at this level, you get a cap and a knife and a, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it goes to, you know, back to our mission, serving Texas wildlife and its habitats while protecting our private property rights. So uh, we produce a, what we consider a high quality, full color, 56 page magazine, uh, goes out 12 times a year. I think we're one of the few to have a, a full 12 time in a uh, magazine that goes out just talking about an array of, of activities and programs, not including just our programs, but great cover stories on wildlife. We've got partnerships with all the universities across the state. Wow. Texas A&M writes one, Texas Tech, uh, Kingsville, um, all have a column to kind of focus on what it is that they're doing at their universities for natural resources. So that's kind of what we feel like that benefit that we can do for people is to, you know, give them that magazine and it's in it each month and it kind of really keeps them engaged on what's going on. And that way they've always got something that they can tangible that they can reach out to and go back to and go, I can't remember how to, what that one article was about, you know, wild hogs. But oh, here it is. But here, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So you don't see this magazine really tossed. It's one kind of the kind of a keeper. Yeah. 
Heck, that's a full-time endeavor in itself. You guys yeah. do so much. I know. Yeah, it's it's. Do crazy. you hear this, members? Look, this benefit you're getting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you so, become a member? Um, you know, great. Just go to the website. You know, Texas-Wildlife.org, or just Google Texas Wildlife Association. There's a there's a link on there. We just launched our brand new website about two months ago. Finally, have one that's mobile friendly, and we're kind of finally getting into that 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 uh, that time of the of the year, I guess, when, when we can reach out and be able to look at our phones and, and do things and find stuff on our, on our, uh, on our program. So, um, you know, whether it's getting involved through one of the programs, but, you know, heading to that website or attending one of the regional events, um, signing up for our, our monthly, our bi-monthly newsletter. Um, that way you kind of learn a little bit more about, you know, what we're doing and then say, you know, I think I'll join, you know, it's an annual membership. It's a great way to, uh, yeah. To, uh, to learn more about what's going on across the state of Texas. So, absolutely. It's a good time. What, uh, what are some of your favorite hunts you've been on or, or some of the hunts you may not have been on, but your dream hunts you want to go on? Wow, you know, I don't know. I, I love, you know, I just, I love everything about Texas. You know, I've kind of uh, gotten into, um, you know, 20 plus years ago, um, you know, pronghorn antelope okay. hunting. Um, and, you know, kind of trying to keep that species thriving. It's a, you know, habitat and, and, uh, rainfall and, you know, predator control. Um, really enjoy West Texas and panhandle hunting a lot yeah. that getting out and, you know, with mule deer and, and, uh, and pronghorn antelopes kind of probably two of my more favorite ways to get out. But, um, you know, always go back to a, a whitetail when you get time. So it's always fun to, yeah to get out and do that as well. So, um, don't get to get out and do as much as we used to, you know, doing not, all of everything I mean, here. With everything you've just said, yeah, like, when does yeah, he find the time? Right? I know, I know. <laughs> I think that's all of us, though. It yeah. is, it is. You know, I spent last night just editing the magazine, you know, for the, the whatever April, May issue. So just kind mm-hmm. of constant. There's always something going on, especially now uh, at this time of the year. This is a legislative year. Yep. So we are uh, full tilt up at the Texas Capitol and getting that, getting all of our advocacy work going. So. Yep. So along those lines, you talk, you mentioned the private land summit that you guys do, but also a lot about your legislative work. Talk about how that might benefit your members or landowners. Yeah, it's kind of what the basis we were formed on was um, uh, a legislative issue in 1985. So it kind of it kind of all kind of all circles back. You know, there there's not we kind of like feel like we are the voice for for the for the landowner and the hunter and the outdoorsman uh, in Texas. So you know, it's kind of how does how does water get to your sink right so it it falls on private land you know texas is 95 97% privately owned um so it you know as it trickles in and into the aquifer and down and and through our rivers and streams and bays and estuaries uh so we feel like we have to be that voice um for you know natural resources you know up there at the capitol so you know this this year we've got we've got a, a lobby team and has to do a lot of conservation organizations um, we've got uh, the kind of where I just came from yesterday was being there. We had our boots on the ground legislative day where our members can come and go out and meet their, their, um, legislator or walk into and talk to any of them. So, mm-hmm. um, just staying in contact with legislators and keeping them involved and, in, um, knowing of what's going on out there. So they know, so, you know, kind of some of the issues that we're going to focus on probably this legislative session, you know, public ownership of our wildlife resources, uh, parks and wildlife doing awesome job as they always do um groundwater as a you know vested pro- property right um 
you know, on the hunting side, probably focusing a little bit on chronic wasting disease and, and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, we, it's something that we focus on even out of, out of the session, you know, we're constantly working on, on issues related to, to those topics. So keeping an eye on it. Yes, sir. Yeah. So along with the legislation, let's say, and your representation there, how does Texas Parks and Wildlife fit into you guys' mission and strategy? I think they work great together. You know, we work a lot. A lot of other programs that, that we have have in-house are partnerships with Parks and Wildlife Department. We work with them and and all across the state on, on different act, activities and, and interests. So, um, you know, we try to do everything we can to help promote what is it, what it is that they do out there. You know, it's like coming to the big game awards. There's always a Parks and Wildlife, you know, since it's a partnership program, it's a way for those hunters and landowners, you know, we'll have 400 people at a banquet and say, hey, you know, right over here is all your biologists for this region or area of Texas. Don't be afraid to go over and talk to them and, and um, learn a little bit. So, yeah. the, And they'll set up a booth and everything so um, and talk to them as well, but it gives the opportunity for the public, you know, to interact with the, all the biologists across the state. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. So maybe we might be doing this a little bit backwards. Let's talk a little bit about David Brimager. Uh, and this is capital, capital Roots. We like to talk about our roots and roots in agriculture. Right. I mean, what, what made you passionate about ag and what makes you passionate about wildlife to get you to where you are today? I mean, let's start with where you're from, what, what brought you, what your journey was to get there. Yeah, you know, great question. You know, it's uh, raised, uh, you know, in the city, kind of one of those, you know, city guys in a sense in, in Arlington. Um, but uh, family um, ranching and and um, down in you know Stephenville Hamilton area mm-hmm. of Texas, so we always had um, some access to to private land. But kind of growing up, my dad was a hunter. He got me involved in that. Um, so we always had um, you know lease lease property hunting in Texas is very huge. So we were always a a lease type of hunter across the state. Um, but no, just from there um, involved in our FFA programs. You know, showing livestock and raising yep. raising animals, um, and getting involved that way to, you know, wanting to focus my career on it. So from there to to Texas Tech University, um, man, uh, majoring in range and wildlife management. Um, and uh, wait, what what university did you say? Texas Tech University. <laughs> it's big for him to have someone from Tech. <coughs> I know. Then he's I'm finally outnumbered. Yeah, so. you I, are. We today. always welcome. Glad to have you. <laughs> hey, well. We're glad to be here, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, just one of those deals where, you know, I just knew that's kind of where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do, um, to work outdoors. And then, you know, from there after graduating, uh, became a wildlife biologist and, and managed a, a ranch in South Texas, a couple ranches for a, a company out of San Antonio for three or four years until my wife finished her degree at tech. And then, um, her job brought her to San Antonio. The landowner I worked for was a member of TWA. I picked up the magazine. He encouraged me to join, which I did, and um, would read the magazine. That magazine, look mm-hmm. at its purpose. I know. And then attended, we had you know, TWA at that time, still was hosting educational events. I think they were having a South Texas wildlife conference and uh, would go to those to learn more about, to make me better as a biologist. So met some members through there um, and some officers of theirs. And they said, hey, we're, we got this position. We think you'd be good for it. And I, I never thought I would go from, working on a ranch to, you know, driving around Texas and, and 
and speaking on microphones and, and talking to people and, and doing that deal, but um, being on podcasts, being on podcasts, <laughs> yeah. But neither uh, did I. I yeah, didn't either. I mean, yeah. So, but I'm used to it, and that's kind of what I do now. Um, kind of full circle, you know. I sit on the advisory board for our college at Texas Tech at the College of Ag, um, and uh, excited to to stay involved there, and uh, you know, keep everybody keep everybody going. So now, you know, when I had my our kids, our two boys, we wanted them to stay involved and enjoy the outdoors. So kind of passing on that hunting heritage, that heritage sure. to them. So got one at Texas Tech now that's a, a wildlife range major and about to graduate, another high school senior about to head up there. Great. All FFA-based, you know, growing up. We're doing that deal. And so I think, you know, there's unique programs for, for everybody to get involved within their communities, whether it's 4-H or FFA. For us, it's it's FFA, and it's kind of the way we, we run with it. So Yeah. yeah. I want to – you. You slipped it in there, but I want to highlight it. You said you're a certified wildlife biologist. I, that is so cool to me. And I, I don't know if it's because I grew up watching Seinfeld and George always pretended to be a marine biologist. Right. So like that was like such a big deal in my right. mind as a seventh right. grader. Right. But I think that's so cool. Can Can you talk a little bit about that? What are, do you still use that? I still. Oh yeah, we still use it every day. You know, there's a, a couple of us at the office that are both you know certified wildlife biologists. It's just a a way to you know a a program to be certified within the wildlife society. Um, and it's, uh, you know, we want to stay out and involved and in being a wildlife biologist on the ground, um, trying to help landowners achieve their goals. Yeah. And, um, so I still stay involved with different, you know, even though I've, I'm in an office most of the time, um, on a computer, but you know, I, I still stay involved with, um, friends and family that, that need help that's and so cool. learning Man, that's about so cool. how to do things. So always out there trying to, uh, to stay involved and keep one foot in the pasture in a sense. So Yeah. And then yeah. the other thing I wanted to highlight, which I also find fascinating, is you're a, a Boone and Crockett measurer, right? Yes. That's yeah. That's like that's <laughs> Yeah, so you know, you know, using our you know, being, you know, to to win you know, receive an award, Texas Big Game Awards, um, we use the Boone and Crockett scoring system. So mm-hmm. we're all trained certified Boone and Crockett scorers. So um, you know, not just focusing on I may get calls from people that want to enter, enter enter our program, or I get calls all the time from people that say, "Hey, I harvested a bear, or a moose, or a caribou, or a walrus, or you know, a muskox, or whatever." So, can you you know help me me- you know have it measured and see if it qualifies for the Boone and Crockett program? So, another great conservation group, you know, globally based, and um, doing good things for for you know wildlife and hunting and habitat all across the world. So. It's great to work with them and all the other great programs that are out there. David's pretty humble. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, I can check my cows and look up a law statute, and this guy's right. like, I have all of these qualifications. <laughs> right. so I appreciate your it's humility, a, yeah, but right. give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> well, you well, enjoy the, it. The one thing I was going to mention that he's not saying is he's now a member of the Boone and Crockett Club. Yeah, luckily, I was, uh, yeah, just became recently a professional member of the club, which is a invite application process you know it's kind of one of those um you know very exciting to uh to become a professional member um and and stay involved with with their group so um attended our first national convention for them uh, this past year so was excited you know to get assigned to a committee and try to do uh, work on different activities related to you know their mission as well so um there's some exclusivity there, right? I mean, it's a, it's a it's a pretty big deal. I mean, you know, they have they kind of keep it down to you know they have, they have hundred regular members, you know, not a lot of professional members, um, but you know we try to stay inv- involved, engaged, 
um, working within committee structure to, to, you know, work on a gamut of things that, that will, um, you know, eventually work down the road to, um, to promote hunting and, you know, it's good, it's good activities around the, around the, around the nation. So around the world really for them. So yeah, it's fun. It's fun to kind of get involved in that and see how we can help out there. So, yeah. So animals you've scored, you you mentioned a lot there. A lot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. We're t- we're in Texas whitetail. Obviously, if you're a hunter in Texas, you're a whitetail hunter. Right. What's the largest whitetail you've scored? Uh, um, you know, you look at whitetails. You got typical and non-typical whitetails. So the ones that have all the the non-typicals with all the crazy kickers and extra points and all that. I don't know. Um, high two hundreds. You know, looking at typical deer. You know, low two hundreds. It's a uh, it's a fun thing to do. Yep. And um, yeah, but that's to try awesome. to to try to get some some uh people's interested in, in you know what what their animals what their animals score so it's a very unique uh unique activity so um you know a lot of people don't we added to the big game awards about three four years ago we added the javelina a little mm-hmm. collared peccary to the program it's a it's a licensed game species in texas wow and there's a lot of them um yeah. and um it's a very unique um species to our state and you know we look at <clears throat> so we're working with new mexico and arizona um, who have the species as well as well to try to um, uh, see how much data we can get on this on this species and try to eventually get it into the boone and crockett book records mm-hmm. to be recognized as a as a trophy game animal with them you know in, in arizona it's a draw deal you put in for a draw to hunt javelina you know whereas in texas they're they're everywhere yeah and you know South Texas landowners are like, oh, they're, you know, so I'm like, saying nuisance, but what are, a, what are your measurements on Havilland? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. You know, we um, base it off of it's a skull measurement, just like okay. with ca- uh, cats and bears. So um, length and width of skull um, would get you into a, um, you know, a scored, a scored program. So um, very excited to try to help that species, you know, get along and, and be recognized, you know, for what it is. So hopefully, down the road, we'll be able to um, to kind of help you know push that that animal along the way and give people another opportunity to get outside and hunt, experience the outdoors in Texas. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, really cool. Absolutely, really cool. Well, Dave, we appreciate you being here with us today. Really oh. interesting conversation. I think we could probably go on and on, on and on. Great organization, great guy. I mean, like this is fantastic. <laughs> well, we can't thank y'all enough. You know, Capital Farm Credit is. The platinum sponsor of, of TWA and continues to help us do what we do each and every day, and we couldn't do it without y'all. And we can't thank you enough for for everything that y'all do across the state of Texas for um, for landowners and outdoorsmen, and and uh, we enjoy being pushing the uh, CFC flag everywhere we go. So thank y'all for what y'all do. Yes, sir, and thanks right back to you. I mean, we feel like it's a mutually beneficial partnership. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of value out of, of TWA at the same time, so I think it's a a good match. Yeah. So. Encourage everybody to go out there and check us out and become yeah. a new member and um, learn a little bit more about who we are and get involved. So, you know, if you can't, if you can't, uh, if you got questions, you know, feel free to shoot us an email and or give us a call and we'd be, uh, be glad to talk to you out there. Perfect. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for being on today. Thanks for having us. Sir. Thank you for joining us today on Capital Roots. Texas agriculture is the foundation of our story and what makes us family. Capital Farm Credit is a proud member of the Farm Credit System. We finance farmers, ranchers, agricultural producers, 
and rural landowners, and we're here to make your vision a reality. We've been serving rural Texas for more than a century. Whether it be traditional, innovative, or lifestyle, we'll help you cultivate new ground. We're all in this together. Because together, we're better.